morning's message is above and beyond above and beyond we don't want you to just fly we don't want you to just jump out of the nest we want you to go above and beyond in your christian walk above and beyond what you ever thought you could do above and beyond what you ever thought you could be above and beyond anything you've ever done as a believer and we've talked about a ton of things um throughout this series from from being born and being hatched to getting to the edge of the nest to jumping out of the nest to creating god letting god create movement in your life and so once you get to that point and you're ready to to, to truly just fly we want you to do more than fly we really want you to soar as a believer we want you to ride up on the high places of God as we've said several times throughout this series and so um, as we start off this morning's message I want to I want to talk to you about um, what an amazing attribute of eagles is when eagles are in the nest and they begin to fly and soar it's great when the skies are blue and the skies are clear and it's wonderful but the amazing thing about eagles is when a storm comes they can sense a storm hours before it breaks. They can sense a storm from a long distance off, but when a storm comes, they don't hunker down in the nest. They don't run into the nest and take cover and just put their wings over their head. They begin to spread their wings farther than they ever spread them, and they fly above the storm on the currents of the storm itself. <laughs> so when the winds of the storm come, they don't hunker down and say, oh, poor pitiful me they spread their wings and the winds from the storm elevate them above the storm itself amen? amen you as a believer we don't want you to just when a storm comes fly through the storm struggle through the storm turn around and run back to the nest and hide we want you to spread your wings and soar above it amen, amen. we want you to begin to fly higher than you've ever flown before but if you're going to be flying higher than you've ever flown before i'll say this one more time god did not call you to comfort he called you to faith and so when you see the storm coming, you got to make the decision. I'm going to fly higher and go above this storm, not start turning around and flying away from it in fear. Amen? Amen. A lot of times when we see a storm coming, we begin to run to our first prayer partner and say, oh, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. You pray for you first. You know, I, I'm amazed at how many people run to me and, and he, they, say, they run to me and say, pray for me, pray for me. And I'm like, have you prayed for you? Well, no. Well, why do you want me to pray for you if you're not even wanting to pray for you? See, the first thing about soaring is you got to spread your wings and you got to go above the storm. You got to make the decision. We can't ride on the coattails of somebody else's faith. Amen? We can't continue to ride on the coattails of everybody else's faith. We must begin to develop faith that God has put in us and watch God do amazing things with us. And so eagles have this amazing ability to detect a storm but long before it actually breaks. And the updraft from the wind may come from the storm. And so God has a, or the updraft from the, uh, the, the storm, in the storm, the wind, and the updraft comes and so they fly above the storm. And now God has a history of having people fly above the storm. When Noah in the ark happened, what did he do? The ark went above the water. It stayed on top of it. When Moses came to the Red Sea, what happened? He divided and he walked right through it. When Joshua and the Israelites came, they stepped actually into the water first and then it began to spread. Jesus, when the storm came, he was found walking on the water. And now I want to encourage you in this. That in the time of storms, many people ask this, why doesn't God just deliver me from the storm? Right? That's our common question. Why does God not, why doesn't he not just deliver me from this storm? God will not deliver you from what you are supposed to soar above. Okay? God will not deliver you from what you are supposed to soar above. 
In your Christian walk, you should be soaring higher than you've ever soared before. And when storms come, you should already have learned how to fly above the storm. And so if God will not deliver you from where you're supposed to soar above, it's time that we as believers start soaring above instead of just hunkering down in the midst of the storm. And so if we're going to begin to soar above, God's going to have to teach us how to do a couple things, and we're going to have to learn how to do one thing that's amazing. It's learn the definitions of flying versus soaring. Flying versus soaring. There are two different things completely of, in flying versus soaring. The first one is this. Flying is what you do. Okay? You get to the edge of the nest. There is no updraft. You got to start, you got to start flying. <laughs> you got to get out there. You've got to begin to do it. You've got to fly. Flying is what you do. But in the midst of the storm, when the winds begin to come, and you've done exhausted all your strength, the eagle quits fighting the wind, it spreads his wings, and the updraft takes him up, and he begins to soar. Soaring is what God enables you to do. So flying is your part. Soaring is what God enables you to do. And it takes both of them because you'll never soar until you begin to fly. And if you're never flying, you're, ne you're never going to be soaring. And so listen to this verse of scripture in Deuteronomy. I love uh, the book of Deuteronomy 32, verse 11. It says, like an eagle that stirs up its nest. Now, it doesn't say that a, a rattlesnake got in there and stirred up the nest. It doesn't say a, a wolf or a fox got in there and stirred up the nest. It says, as an eagle stirs up its nest. We talked about this. We talked about the place of being uncomfortable. And that's you getting stirred up to get out there to get ready to do something. As an eagle stirs up its nest and flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them and bearing them in its pinions, the Lord alone guided him and no foreign God was with him and he made him ride on the high places of the land. So if God's doing a stirring in your life, it's not to mess you up, it's to get you lifted up. Come on, if God's doing a stirring in your life, he's not trying to create chaos in your life. God is not the author of chaos. If God's doing a stirring in your life, he's not purposely trying to jack up your situation. He's trying to get you to spread your wings to fly above your situations. He's trying to get you to spread your wings and catch a current that's coming so you can begin to soar like never before. Now, I want to clarify something. Let's not get messed up theology here. And say, oh, that means God must be placing bad storms in my life. Let's get out of this theology. It's not God placing bad storms in your life, and I'll prove it to you. When Jesus walked on the water, he got to the boat, and he rebuked the winds and the waves. Am I correct? If that storm was from God, he would have been rebuking God. Jesus and the Father are one. And so if Jesus would have been rebuking the storm, he would have been rebuking his own Father. Jesus never rebuked his own father. <laughs> and so don't get messed up theology in your life thinking, oh, there's a storm. Oh, this must be from God. And not necessarily. God can do a stirring in your life and get you to fly. Storms may come into your life, and if you'll spread your wings, you'll fly above them. But in this, do not look for the purpose of the storm. Okay? So many people, Damon, we get messed up in this and a bad thing's going on in our life. We say, well, what's the purpose of it? There may not be a purpose of it. We live in a fallen, broken world that the devil says he's here to, or Jesus said the devil is here to steal, kill, and destroy. And so his only agenda for your life is to steal from you, kill you, and destroy everything you have. And so what's the purpose of it? There is no purpose of it, but you can find a purpose in it. 
You may not ever know the purpose of it because there may not be a purpose of it. Listen, bad things still happen to good people because the world we live in is fallen and broken. So for you to waste all your time, energy, and effort saying, oh, what is the purpose of it? The answer is, there's probably not one sometimes. But in the midst of it, you can find a purpose in it. This is where God says, if you'll find a purpose in it, I'll work out all things together for good to those who love me and are called according to my purpose. That in the purpose in the midst of the trial that you're going through, don't look for the purpose of it, but if you can find a purpose in it, God can do amazing things. I'll never forget when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, not once, but twice, and she had to go to the, to the doctor every day in Paris to get radiation treatments. There was no purpose of the cancer. The only thing was it was to steal, kill, and destroy from her. So she said, I know there's not a purpose of it because it's not from God, but I'm definitely going to find a purpose in it. So she went into that hospital room every time she went and just began to lay her hands on people and pray for them. Hey, if the devil's going to make me be here because of, the, because of the issue in my life, watch what I'm going to do for the kingdom. She began to display hope where there was hopelessness. So in your situation, no matter what your trial may be, no matter what the storm you're fighting may be, don't always spend your time looking for the purpose of it. Because there may not be. But you can always find a purpose for the kingdom in it. And that's what's going to enable you to catch the updraft. Because if you don't find a purpose in it, the enemy will win because you'll be depressed You'll be lonely, and you'll start looking self-inwardly and saying, well, why does this always just happen to me? Come on. Come on. And then you'll start getting this mentality. Well, I, I guess if it's bad and it's going to happen, I'm just going to get it. Well, you can have all mine, too, then, if that's the way you want to be. Because if you don't find a purpose in it, you're going to be destroyed from it. The eagle is amazing at this. The storm is the storm. It's coming. So instead of crying about the storm coming, he said, my purpose in it is to soar above it. And he jumps out there and begins to go higher because of it. In your life, God will use the storms in your life to elevate you above them. And when God elevates you above the storm, you're not flying through the thunder and the lightning in the midst of it. So as bad as it may seem that you're in a storm and flying above it, when God makes you soar above it, you're not in the middle of it. And it can't harm you when you're above it. Come on now, that's good. It cannot harm you when you're above it. But if, we'll, if, we will keep, but if we keep flying in our own strength, and we don't ever let God take us to a soaring height, we're going to be fighting the storm in the midst of it. And that's where people get weary. People get tired. People turn and want to run. And the sad thing is, I see so many believers, Damon, so close to their breakthrough. And they're tired. And they're tired of fighting. And God's saying, just spread them and soar. But because we keep flying, we don't trust the God who is over the wind. Who can use the wind to elevate us above the storm. We turn in the midst of the storm and go back right before our breakthrough actually happens. Seen it time and time again. I've seen people turn and go back. Because the storm was too tough. The storm's not too tough. Your God is greater than the storm. But you will not see the greatness of God until you spread your wings and let him take you above it. And so we're ready for you to begin to soar and do amazing things even in the midst of the storm. So everybody say, go above. above. 
Everybody say, I'm going above. I'm ready for you to go above. And everybody say, soar beyond. We want you to not just soar above, but we want you to soar beyond anything that you've ever done in this life. I love this where Paul says, Philippians 4, 13, Brothers, I do not consider myself having, that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Hear me on that part. Forgetting what lies behind. Straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I want us to focus on these two phrases. Forgetting what is behind, straining towards what lies ahead. Forgetting what is behind, straining towards what lies ahead. Listen, when you start changing things in your life because you're soaring, people are going to start making fun of you. Why are you doing that Dave Ramsey stuff? And y'all always got your envelopes. Yeah, but we ain't broke. <laughs> I'm just saying. Why are you always in church? And you've changed since you started going to TWBC. You're always at church. Yeah, but I'm not drunk all night. <laughs> People will say this. You have forgotten where you came from. And your response needs to be, good, I'm trying to. <laughs> Amen. Come on. You need to forget what's behind you. <laughs> And so many people, you will let the chickens squawking from the ground in the midst of the storm call you out of the sky as an eagle. Because your old friends don't like your new changes. And you're forgetting where you came from. Good, I'm trying to forget where I came from. Some of you who were raised in poverty, good, forget about where you came from. Strain towards what's lying ahead. Some of you who have gone through abusive situations, good, forget about where you came from. Move on. Let the shackles go, baby. <laughs> Quit dealing with chickens on the ground when you're soaring above the storms. And if we're going to go beyond, it's going to take us forgetting what is behind us. And as we are in our 16th year as a church, it's about this time when people start getting very comfortable and start developing sacred cows. <laughs> Come on. Well, we, uh, we, we, we ain't done church like this before ever since I've been coming here. Good. That's fine. Amen. Forget what's behind. Amen. Do you realize the biggest ball and chain in your life is not the challenge ahead of you. It's what's dragging you down from behind. I mean, what if we came in next week and all the chairs were, were hot pink? I would throw up too. Don't get, I'm just an example. Well, we ain't ever had pink chairs before, so? The first time you make a million dollars, you're not going to say, oh, I don't know about that because I never did it before. <laughs> Come on, am I right? No, you're going to be jumping up and down, doing the happy dance, saying, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> and then all your friends are going to say, but you forgot where you came from. Good, that's how I'm a millionaire now. <laughs> Do, do we understand this point? This is so vital because so many times you let what other people say influence you and keep you in the middle of the storm instead of soaring above the storm. Amen. Instead of going beyond the storm. Instead of being where God has called you to be. Forget worrying about what people said when you were in fifth grade. And I bring up fifth grade because I was made fun of all the time in fifth grade because I was so short. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, man. Brutal life, man. And, oh, I can't do this because I'm not. I'm, if I were to list all my I'm nots, I mean, I could just sit down and we'd be done for the day. I have to forget what is behind. 
And if people say you've changed, good, I'm trying to change. People say you forgot where you came from, good, I'm trying to forget about it. It was that bad. People say you're different, good, I'm trying to be different. It's easy being normal. You want to be different, be a Christian. I'm not saying go to church, I'm saying truly be a Christian. Learn how to hold standards while you love the unlovable. Figure it out. It's tough. Not being drugged down by the chicken, squawking on the right side or the left side or on all the news channels. I'm talking fly above the storm. Go beyond. He said, forgetting what is behind. So you had a bad week last week. Why are you letting last week ruin this week? And when we say it like this, we're all sitting here like, why haven't I thought of that before? You have. You just choose to think on it. You just didn't choose to strain towards what lies ahead. And the amazing thing about eagles, they can soar and they can continue to stay in the air for hours on hours and as, much, as long as six hours. Some of y'all are in the fifth and a half hour of your storm and you're ready to quit. Man, you still got 30 more minutes of perseverance. Keep soaring. Keep rising above. Keep doing what you're called to do. And let's do this thing as the body of Christ. I'm going to ask everybody to stand this morning. We're not going to altar call yet. <laughs> now, y'all see me act like a crazy person throughout this whole series. Right? You've seen me jumping off stages. You've seen me flapping my arms. <laughs> You've seen me acting like a chicken at times. You've seen me trying to be an eagle at times. So here's what you're going to do today. You're going to do it with me. Everybody just start flapping. See, everybody start flapping. See, see, I'm, I'm trying to make a big time point here, okay? See, not everybody's still flapping yet. Remember when we talked about last week's singular focus? One accord, one mindset. A lot of people are like, Pastor, we'll do amazing things with you. Keep flapping. Yeah, I, I'll keep going with you. Pastor, we're ready to do amazing things as the church. Pastor, we're ready to fly. We're ready to soar as a church. If I can't get you to flap your arms in a worship service, how can I trust you to seven-day fast with me? Come on. Everybody says we want one accord. Everybody says we want Holy Spirit movement. And the Bible says, everybody says we want prayer. I can't get you to flap your arms, much less pray fast and do the other stuff. Now put your arms down. If we're going to soar, if... You sore? <laughs> David says, I'm not sore, I'm just sore. <laughs> if we are going to soar as a church, if we are going to go beyond as a church, it's not going to be because your pastor's up here flapping his arms like an eagle. It's going to be because even in the silliest of moments, we do it in one accord. Even in the silliest illustrations, that's something like, I ain't standing up and flapping my arms. <laughs> that's exactly the problem. If, I can't, if we can't laugh together and stand up and flap our arms, how can I say, let's go on a 24-hour prayer vigil and y'all be here and show up? Amen. If we can't do something fun and silly together with movement, oh, we're nowhere ready to soar. And this is such a profound stronghold, not just in our church, but in the church of the United States. Everybody wants the pastor to soar. So you can see him up there saying, that's my preacher, he's soaring. I don't want to soar by myself. I want the church soaring with me. I want the church rising up with me. I want the church doing it together. I can't change the world by myself, but we sure can together, amen? 
Only took 120 in the upper room to cause a mighty movement, and, and baby, we got that well covered here. But it wasn't because one of the 120 was praying. It's because they were all in one place, in one accord, in prayer and supplication, the Bible says. To go beyond, to begin to soar, it's going to take us doing it together. You can be seated. Soar. To do it, you got to jump out and fly. Now listen, from birth till the time an eagle flies is about three months. It first learns to soar at about three to six months. It flies for, for a little bit, but then it begins to learn to soar within three to six months. It's got to, to survive. But an eagle does not reach maturity till about five years in. It does not develop the white bald head and the white tail feathers till about five years in. And so you do not have to be mature to soar, but if you don't soar, you'll never become mature. You do not have to be mature in your faith to begin to soar. You may say, Pastor, you don't know how much growing and learning I got to do. Yes, I do, because I know how much growing and learning I still got to do. And so you don't have to be mature to soar. But if you don't soar, you'll never reach maturity. Because eagles that don't soar, they find themselves stuck in a nest and they get killed by prey. You don't have to be mature in the body of Christ to be effective. But you'll never be effective if you don't start doing something in the body of Christ. You don't have to be mature in your spiritual walk to be effective. But to be effective, you got to start doing something, and it'll bring you to maturity. A lot of people want to sit here in the church and get a bunch of great knowledge, a bunch of great words from God, but until you apply it, you'll never mature in it. Until you receive it and begin to walk in it, you'll never develop strength because of it. I can talk about soaring for the next 10 years, but until you spread your wings, you're never going to do it. And so this morning... In this worship service, what are you going to do to be different, to see your life different? And if you don't make a decision on what you're going to do before you leave here, you're never going to do anything different. See, decision times are there to make a decision, not to see who came to the front and get prayed for. Decision times are here for you to say, God, how do I respond to this? You could ask yourself a myriad of questions through the sermon I just preached. One being, God, am I even in one accord with the church? <laughs> or do I just come here to do my own thing and to get my own little tidbit and go off my own way? God, am I, how mature am I spiritually, God? <laughs> He'll say, pick out your worst moment and how did you respond? That'll give you your answer. <laughs> See, maturity is not what you do when you're at your best. It's how you act when you're at your worst. It's decision time. What are we going to do differently beginning today in our life to see our families come to know Christ? To see our coworkers literally have a life-changing experience because of you? What are we going to do different? So I'm going to ask you to decide. Are you going to stay in the nest 
Are you going to step out and fly? Or are you going to soar? Because a lot of us, we can stay in the nest, and it's a safe place. But God didn't call us to safety. He called us to faith. He didn't call us to safe places. He called us to faith places. I've said it over and over throughout this series. So you can stay in the nest. You can go out there in your own strength and begin to fly. And as you begin to fly, you're going to find yourself getting tired pretty quick. And in the midst of the storm, you're going to turn and come back to the nest. Or today you can say, God, I don't ever know how I'm going to get there. But I'm going to choose to soar. I'm going to choose to go higher. I'm going to choose to go above. I'm going to go beyond anything my family's ever done. And here's the thing. It's not just okay to break the cycle. We must break the cycle. It's not just okay to break the cycle. We must break the cycle. It's not just okay to be who your daddy was. You need to become greater than who your daddy was. It's not okay to be just as good as your mama was. Become greater than your mama was. It's not going to be okay for my kids to just accomplish what I've accomplished. They need to become greater than me. And that's my desire. In your life, what are you going to break today to set yourself free to begin to soar?